Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. reading starting in Genesis this morning chapter 37 Uh, we're going to start with 5 through 11 it says now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more so he said to them please hear this dream which I have dreamed there were there we were binding sheaves in the field then behold my sheaf arose and also stood upright and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheep and his brothers said to him, Shall we indeed reign, or shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bound down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Dear Lord, we're thankful today for your word. God, as we go through what you've laid on my heart, Lord, we just ask that you open the ears and the minds and the hearts of everyone that hears it. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Amen. Growing up, we've all been asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And with me, the answer was always different depending on how I was feeling. Uh, as a young kid, I was watching cartoons, and I was excited because when I was little, it was like Superman was a big thing, and uh, I would tie a towel around my neck real tight, um, kind of double knot it so it don't come loose. And I would run through the house, and I'd jump from couch to couch, jump on a coffee table, jump off the coffee table. I'd even get on the counter, <laughs> jump off the counter. really thought I could fly. Um, but it was just my imagination. I did all this when my mother was at home, of course. Um, I'd have gotten in trouble otherwise. But uh, all my imagination let me believe I could be Superman. As I got older, the dream changed to making money. Right? Amen? I dreamed of being rich and finding a career that would help me to be rich. So after watching countless episodes of Matlock, anybody watch Matlock? Uh, I wanted to be a lawyer, and I soon realized that that was kind of a false hope too because I couldn't be a lawyer because I realized that Matlock was uh, just a TV version of lawyers. Some lawyers have to do things to make their money a little differently. But the choice of career (laughs) took over, and uh, the career took over where my imagination had left off. So I went from wanting to have this unrealistic idea of who I could be to trying to be more realistic. 
I want to ask a question this morning. Who do you think of when I ask who's a great dreamer? Who comes to mind? That's what many of you might think of Walt Disney. I know Heather would think of Walt Disney because she loves uh, Mr. Walt himself. Uh, but for me, I think of Dolly Parton. And so, hold on, hold, hey, hold on now. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Just keep it in your mind. All right, all right. I'm sure, and I'm sure most of us have been at work or talking to a friend and in passing, and just general conversation, we've asked, how's it going? And most have said, living the dream. And a lot of it's been in sarcasm. And so as we're going to see today, living the dream uh, has different notations. So living the dream will require the right priorities. Bill Coer took over as the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1992. He quickly showed himself to be a man with a future. The Steelers made the playoffs each of his first several seasons as coach and went to Super Bowl XXX. That's 30 if you're counting. Rebecca asked me if I knew what it meant. <laughs> they went to Super Bowl 30 in 1996. One thing that made Cowher an effective coach was that he found and focused on his priorities. In Sports Illustrated, Tim Crothers writes, after almost every game, every practice, the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach would drive straight home to his wife, Kay, and his three daughters. He doesn't do ads or cars or frozen yogurt. He exists inside his two passions, family and football. Exclusive of everything else, Cowher is so focused that one afternoon he was seated next to a woman at a civic luncheon and he politely asked her, what is it that you do? She said, well, I'm the mayor of Pittsburgh. Granted, it's a good idea to know who the mayor is, but a person with priorities must let some things go by the wayside. And the more we focus on the Lord, the less we focus on unimportant things of this world. When it comes to our priorities, we should always put God first and everything else will flow. At this point in our story, Joseph is told the dream and his brothers wanted to kill him. Instead, they sold him as a slave and to the Ishmaelites. And now they've told their dad that he's dead and all they found was his coat. So in Genesis 39, 1 through 9, it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all that he did prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him, then he made him overseer of his house, and all they had put under in authority. So it was from that time that he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in this house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? 
in our connect groups on Thursdays, we realized that Joseph was the most handsome man in the Bible. So that was a little notation from our teacher. Um, after it says, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. So he had it going on. Um, but Potiphar's wife wanted him to lay with him, and he refused. And you notice that it says, uh, how could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? I think he was still worried about Potiphar, but ultimately he still kept God the priority and wasn't so much worried about his master, what God would think in this issue. Joseph's journey on his dream required careful and bold choices along the way. He faces the temptation of Potiphar's wife, and he refused. And he kept going and keep God the priority. I mean, you think about it, in today's world, how many guys would, you know, run away from a woman or a wife of that, that kind of attitude? I mean, we think of King David, and King David saw the woman, and he, he took it to his own hand and said, hey, she's going to be mine. So Joseph shows that God is still priority in his life by doing this thing to keep his integrity and not just take the easy road. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. We see in Proverbs it says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Earlier, a pastor was talking about the orphan run, and I believe we've done maybe four or five so far um, at different times. But the main goal of the orphan run is to raise money for orphans all around the world in different countries. Um, a personal dream of mine is to finish first, and the pastor has put a target on my back now because he's told the guy that always finishes first that I'm coming for him. <laughs> but it, it didn't happen all at once when we started. Um, the first one, I think I finished terribly. Um, but me and Valerie would train during the week and on the weekends. And it's not something that we wanted to do. I mean, I'm 6'4", and at the time I was probably 265 pounds. So, yeah, it's not a pretty picture when I'm out there <laughs> running. Um, Rebecca had to correct me a few times, try to make it better. Um, but we, we just kept trucking, kept trucking. But we made training the, the priority. And we saw that after we started making it a priority that we started to improve. And uh, it still doesn't look that great, but my times got better. <laughs> First Corinthians 9.24 says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. We've all probably had it said to us, or someone close, that you need to get your priorities in order. Whether it be family, or finances, or 5Ks. <laughs> Um, priorities are important. Waking up this morning to come to church, you guys made it a priority. I tried to sleep in, and Rebecca told me I had to get up. So I'm just kidding. Well, I did, but um, I could use a little more sleep. I don't know about you guys. Living the dream will require the right patience. So far, Joseph has had a lot going on. He's sold into slavery. He's in a foreign land. And after he ran from Potiphar's wife and accused of rape, he's now in prison. His dream has to seem a million miles away. If I was in his shoes, I would just be questioning God. I mean, we see in the, in the Bible that at no point does he kind of like whine and complain. He just keeps going, keeping God the priority. I 
would be like, what happened? What's this dream about? Because I'm in prison. I don't, I mean, you guys would too. I know it. <laughs> Genesis 40, uh, 1 through 14 says, It came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with the two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in prison, the place where Joseph was confined. And the captain of guard placed Joseph in charge of them, and he served them. So they were in custody for a while. Then the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in prison, had a dream, both of them, each man's dream in one night, and each man's dream with its own interpretation. And Joseph came to them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody of the Lord's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? Probably because they're in prison. <laughs> and they say to him, We have each had a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. Even here we see that Joseph's keeping God priority by letting them know that, Tell me your dream, but God's going to give you your interpretation. Then the chief butler told his dream to Joseph, and he said to him, Behold, in my dream, a vine was before me, and the vine were three branches. It was as though it budded, it blossomed, shot forth, and clusters brought it forth ripe grapes. Then Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said to him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Now within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your place. And you will put Pharaoh's cups in his hand, according to the former manner, when you were his butler. But remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me. Make mention to me to Pharaoh, and get me out of this house. 21 says, Then he restored the chief butler to his butlership again, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hands. 23 says, Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. It's like, man, really? <laughs> He had one job. Well, two, get Pharaoh his cup and then drop my name because I want out of here. But anyways, uh, Genesis 41 says it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. It's been two years. Joseph's been sitting in prison and he's had plenty of time to work on his patience. But I mean, two full years from the point that you told the guy like, hey, he said three days, and three days you're going to be back where you was at. Just remember me. Now it's two years later. It says, the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults this day. Took two years. When Pharaoh was angry with me, his servant, and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, both me, the chief baker, we each had a dream in one night, he and I. Each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dreams. Now there was a young Hebrew man that was there, a servant of the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each man he interpreted according to his own dream. And it came to pass, just as he interpreted for us, so it happened. He restored me to my office. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And he shaved, changed clothes, and came to Pharaoh. Now if I was Joseph and I'm coming to speak to Pharaoh, I know I'm looking for that butler. <laughs> I'm giving him the, the eye, like, the whole time I'm walking, like, two years, man? Two years? This whole time. I mean, 
that's just me. I, uh, I'd remember, because I'm sitting there going like, to be sure, he's, he's back with Pharaoh right now. Um, two years. I just couldn't get, it's like, I remember this day. It's good that he remembered, but it's like it took all that for Pharaoh. I guess he was afraid that if he found out that he knew somebody that could interpret it, he'd be back in prison. But it says, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have a dream, and there's no one who can interpret it. But I've heard it said that you can understand a dream to interpret it. But Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me, but God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Even now in front of Pharaoh, Joseph's keeping God the priority, not taking credit for himself. Um, a lot of times when if you were to come up with something that God had given you, you might want to take credit for it. Joseph will probably want to take credit for it just so that way Pharaoh don't put him back in prison. He's like, look, if I do this, you know, you got to keep me out of here. In today's society, we want things done as quickly as possible. We've heard it as uh, push-button automatic microwave society. And I've always thought it funny in the movies when kids would bug the parents, asking, are we there yet, until I had my own kids. Now it's not funny anymore. When we travel, uh, Jude's always wanting to know when we'll be there. Her patience very low as she's not had time to work on it. And when she can't see our destination, she's getting irritated. But recently we had this idea is we'll put on her iPad in the GPS where we're going. And as long as she can see that, she don't ask no questions. She will tell me, Dad, you got to turn here. Um, <laughs> she's keeping up with it. Um, and even though I know where to turn, it's like, okay, okay. Um, and she loves it. But it's the difference of seeing your destination and not being able to see it. A lot of times our patience changes whenever we know where we're going. If God always had showed us, as we do with the GPS from McKenzie, would you be more likely to take the credit for yourself as to you knew where you were going the whole time? Or would you want to give credit to God and say that he had ordered your steps. See, God does everything with a purpose. Joseph's dream revealed a purpose. However, it didn't tell Joseph how long it would take. You have to remember that Joseph had a dream when he was 17. As he's standing before Pharaoh now, he's 30 years old. He's one example of sometimes dreams take time. We have to be patient, and a lot of things don't work out, as Joseph would probably have wanted. But when he looks back, he'll see that God had his hand in it. Living the dream will require the right people. People can make a difference. Genesis 41, 37 says, So the advice and the interpretation was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such as one as this, a man whom the Spirit of God is? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people rule according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Joseph understood why God had sent him to Egypt. He would be used to save the people of Egypt and his people. Going after our dreams will always involve people, and God gave you a dream to affect others around you. While Joseph was living the dream, all the people he encountered were part of the process. His brothers, Potiphar and his wife, 
the captain of the guard, the butler, and eventually Pharaoh. The strategic placement of the people in Joseph's life would be instrumental in the dream of becoming a reality. The company we keep often steers our direction in life. God will use those people who hold influence in our lives, and dreams will often need the service of a butler to open the door, and the dreams will often await the backing of a pharaoh to finance the dream. When our dreams do come true, we don't just celebrate by ourselves. We usually just celebrate with the people that were part of our dream. And I know you've heard it said, and many of you uh, know it to be true, but it's not what you know, but who you know. Living the dream will require the right perspective. Once his dream was fulfilled, Joseph would say to his brothers in Genesis 45, 3-8, But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the two years of famine has been in the land, and three years, or there are still five years, in which there will be neither plowing or harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it is not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord over all his house and ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. It says a man who was losing his memory went to the doctor for advice. He received this diagnosis from the doctor. We cannot help your memory without impairing your eyesight. Now the choice is yours. Would you rather be able to see or to remember? The man thoughtfully replied, Frankly, I'd rather have my eyesight than my memory. You see, I'd rather see where I'm going than remember where I've been. Philippians 3 says, One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize and the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Our God-given future isn't a bunch of coincidences and a bunch of uh, confusing contingencies. We're traveling on a road that God's appointed for ourselves, and there's a prize before us. God goes before us, and he's with us. So God knows what the next step is. We can often look back in our lives and see where God's had a hand in situations in our life that we can be thankful for. When I talk about a dream, I'm talking about envisioning the next step or stage for your life. A dream is simply a picture of what you feel God wants you to do next. The dream that God gives you may not consist of inside the church. It may be a lawyer, an office manager, a dental hygienist, a mechanic, an IT department, a salesman, and so on. The point is you can be used by God in the area of your profession. While living the dream, you'll be working in the world Whatever occupation God's placed you in, it's important to remember to be patient and faithful. Faithful the first to God and then your employer. If you're the boss, it's faithful to God then your employees. Wherever Joseph found himself, scripture says God was with him. Why? He was faithful to God and those that he worked for and raised him up. Following our dreams will take work, but in the end when we look back and see how far we've come, it'll be worth it. Earlier, when I mentioned Dolly Parton, and everyone busted out laughing, um, I say she's a great dreamer because she is. She once said that she can honestly say that she's always been a big dreamer and that she's very thankful because not many people can say 
all their dreams have come true, as hers has. Uh, she's a dedicated philanthropist, and she does a lot of things for people in the community. Um, but she once said, do not confuse dreams with wishes. There's a difference. Dreams are where you visualize yourself being successful at what's important to you to accomplish. Dreams build convictions because you work hard to pay the price and make sure that they come true. Wishes are keeping a good thing, or wishes are hoping good things will happen to you, but there is no fire in your gut to push you to overcome obstacles. Me and Dolly Parton have a lot in common. We both grew up poor, and I managed to keep most of it. <laughs> However, she's rich. Um, but I can honestly say a lot of my dreams have come true. Um, growing up, I, I just wanted a good family, and that's happened, right? Married a beautiful wife. Oh, she in here. <laughs> uh, have wonderful kids, have the best kind of in-laws you could ask for. They're the best, so if, if you think yours are better, then we'll talk after service. Um, but it's true that, I mean, I look back and a lot of my dreams have come true. So a lot of this has came, if you've seen Encanto, Mackenzie was watching Encanto, and it is a Disney film, but I'm gonna show you, there's a, you can, take, you can take the good out of it. But she was watching it, and she had told me that she wanted to have a superpower, kind of like some of the people in the movie. And, you know, the, the, just the internal, you know, Christian thing, I was going like, ah, that's, throw that away. But then I started to think about it. I thought back to my story of the cape that I tied around my neck thinking I was gonna be Superman, and how unrealistic that was but I didn't want her to stop dreaming. I wanted her to keep dreaming. And to tell her that it wasn't real would ultimately make her question everything that she was gonna start seeing in her future. Then I thought about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno, but we will. Um, his, ver his visions weren't wrong if you pay attention. They were interpreted wrong. And so we see that when his family had interpreted it, they just basically wanted to shut him out and cast him out, kind of like Joseph's family did. They see that his vision on their side was like, we're going to bow down to you. But then ultimately, his vision was saving their life. Joseph's brothers didn't want to kill him. They wanted to kill his dream. They wanted to kill what God had given him. But a dead dream could ultimately end up in their death as well. Many of us have had a dream and that we've let others try to kill it. We've killed ourselves due to circumstances, or we just have put it on the back burner thinking that maybe someday it'll come true. However, we need to hold on to our, our dreams. We need to keep God the priority, be patient, surround yourselves with people to help the dream, and keep a positive perspective. Um, speaking of dreams, which I don't think, I don't even think many probably know this, but uh, recently, my whole dreams have gotten kind of shaken up. Um, I don't know if you noticed or not, but I worked with Pepsi for 13 years and probably had envisioned myself being there for, I don't know, 30 more. I don't, I'm 30, 32, yeah, 30. I could be like 60 working there, right? So it just keeps sticking with the grind. Um, but the circumstances that surround it are all kind of crazy, but I don't work at Pepsi anymore. And it was, it was like a gut punch, probably like it was with Joseph. He was just telling his brothers, like, 
what God had told them. The next thing you know, they're trying to kill them. They want to throw them in a pit because they're not, they're not jiving with what he's got to say. But So after 13 years, it was a, a Monday, then a Tuesday. Tuesday was my last day. Um, and just kind of the way God orders our steps, I had reached out to a gentleman that I had known and um, went and talked to him. And the words that he said was, I've been praying that God would send me someone. And it's almost like there was this peace about the whole situation. Um, now me and Donna are work buddies. And so I work with Miss Donna, and that's really cool. But you see, as you look back, the circumstances that surrounded it might not have been what you wanted, but then the path that's forward is what God has. Um, I've never had anyone that's, which I mean, I worked at Pepsi for 13 years, but um, to go into a place and the person that's going to be your employer to say, I've been praying for God to send me someone, lets you know that God's still in it. That you may have thought that things have changed, but God's still in control, amen? Many of us have probably had dreams. We still have dreams. I have dreams uh, about Christ, about future in ministry. Um, when I first got saved, you want to save everybody. And you realize that that comes through the interactions that you have with people. On a personal level, uh, you see the picture of the cabin. Uh, I want a mountain cabin. And I believe one day the Lord's going to work it out where uh, I have one. But whether your dream be something through ministry, your dream be something personal, just know that God's still in it. God's still ordering your steps. God's still with us through the process. Don't let other kill your dreams. Um, surround yourself with people that are going to help you to envision the dream. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for the story of Joseph. We thank you for all the life applications that you poured into this story to let us know that in every step of the situation, you're with us. At every point in Joseph's life, Lord, when he would come to a new obstacle, he was planting seeds to those who may not know you, God. As he went to everything, it says that they realized that the Lord was with Joseph. So God, as we continue to be dreamers, as we continue to live the dream, Lord, let it not be a thing of sarcasm, Lord, and, a, and a, just a thing of pain and hurt of just a daily go-to. But God, let us remember as we hear living the dream as we think about any time we hear it, that you're with us, God. That no matter what the circumstances are, that you are still going to provide for us through our dreams, that ultimately, as we continue our life, that you are gonna surround us, Lord, and lift us up to the dreams that you put in us long ago. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.